Hi, I'm Sam Hawley. This is ABC News Daily. Australian hospitals have never been so swamped by COVID-19 patients. We're heading for another peak in infections. So how many more waves will we need to endure? Today, epidemiologist Tony Blakely on why Australia's early success at keeping the virus at bay is now working against us. Tony Blakely, there's a, a map. It's a COVID map and it's produced by the New York Times. You might have seen it. It's tracking COVID infections around the world and it gives each country a colour. And if you're grey, you're doing really well. You've basically got no infections. If you're orange, you've got cases but not too many. And then there's this light purple, which is not so good. There's a bit of infection around. And then there's this really deep, dark purple. I gather you know which one the deep dark purple is. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> but it's important not to get too carried away about a graph like that on one day of any given year because it's a cross-section in time. And it just so happens that we have Omicron BA4-5. We're at the peak of our wave here, whereas other countries have peaked at other times. But it doesn't look pretty right at the moment. Pressure on the health system has been building for weeks as the COVID onslaught continues unabated. New modelling shows it's expected to get even worse. Mm, it's showing that we actually have, per 100,000 people, the most infections in the world at the moment. Yes, and that may well be true, but also remember that different countries have different ways of notifying who is infected, and we have a fairly good system whereby people who are rat test positive can notify. And when I last looked at this, we think about half of all true infections were notified, whereas in other countries it may be considerably less than that. Okay, so we, there's some nuances in those maps. But infections are increasing here, aren't they? I mean, there's a fair bit of COVID around. Yeah, we're having a fairly fair dinkum wave, if you like. And as well as the infections being high, the deaths are quite high too, particularly for New Zealand, if we think of New Zealand as being part of Australasia. And there are several reasons for that. First one is that we're having a big wave right now and deaths follow infections, unfortunately. The second reason is quite interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how much of a contributor, but it will be some of it, which is that we did COVID zero so well but we're now catching up with the rest of the world with getting our natural immunity up. So we haven't been as exposed to variants of this SARS-CoV-2 virus as much as other countries. So that means we're still building our resilience up. But I can tell you, if you look at graphs of cumulative deaths over the whole pandemic from COVID, Australia and New Zealand are doing really well. It's just that we are having a bit of a hit at the moment. So we have less natural immunity than nations like America or the United Kingdom because we basically were so good at keeping the virus out for so long. And now we've got a bit of a payback period. Now that said, counterfactually, if Australia had 
and I wish we did, <laughs> the 25% of people or so who are eligible for third vaccine having taken it up, those people are eligible for fourth vaccine dose to have taken it up, we could be doing a lot better than we are now. But part of the reason is because we came out of COVID zero and we did that so well, and now we've got a toughen up, if you like, our immunity by a bit of natural infection. Unfortunately, it's not the preference, but that's the way this virus is rolling. Mm, yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought we were among the most vaccinated you know, nation in, in the world. The uptake was, was really good, but you seem to be saying that's not so good anymore. Well, it's certainly good for second dose, and I think third dose is not too bad, but we are, compared to, say, Israel and some a few other countries, we haven't gone for the fourth doses early. But, you know, we wouldn't want to say that we're that bad on immunisation. I do think this is a bit of catch-up on natural immunity. And it's going to be painful for a while. Um, we can do things to reduce the pain and the pressure on our health services by, if practical, working at home wearing a mask at the moment, all those sorts of things will take the heat out of the current transmission and flatten the curve. But we do have a curve, we do have a surge, we do have a wave that we need to work our way through. Mm -hmm, so we just have to ride our way through this wave. It doesn't sound like there's an awful lot that we can do, but you, you mentioned masks. So, I mean, what should we be doing in relation to that? Because I think a lot of people still really aren't wearing masks. I, I see lots of people not bothering to put them on. Yeah, at the moment when we're peaking high and the health services are under pressure, it's about a full court press. We need to do everything we can to take the heat out of this just to protect the health services. So mask up if you're indoors. If you can go and get your third vaccine or fourth vaccine dose and you're not up to date, do it. If you can work from home, do it. If you can avoid seeing your great aunt this week because, you know, you might give her an infection or don't do it. We do everything we can at the moment to take the peak off the wave. In about a month or two's time, though, as we're coming down, you know, if we kept doing those measures indefinitely, we would see fewer cases in the long run. But I don't think society would tolerate that. And as we relax off on those measures, um, there will still be quite a long tail of infection as the virus does its own thing and works through the population until it's infected, however many people it's going to infect, which sounds rather fatalistic and nihilistic, and I concur that it is to some extent. But what we are doing now is we are trying to control the peaks and flatten the curve, the same sort of thing we talked about right back at the beginning of the pandemic. That's what we're doing now. Mm, okay. And so should we just get used to a future where, you know, we just need to wear masks most of the time? Well, I think the raincoat metaphor is quite nice here. The idea that you wear a raincoat when it's raining and you don't when it's not raining. All of us should be wearing a mask when the numbers are high if only to protect our health services and just slow things down. When numbers are good, if you've got chronic lung disease or you're elderly and you're going to the supermarket, I'd still be wearing a mask. Let the other young and fit, healthy people get infected. So there's sort of two phases. When it's raining or when the rates are high, everybody should be doing whatever they can just to slow that transmission down and flatten the curve, a sort of societal good, if you like. How much pressure do you think our health service will be under in the weeks ahead? It's going to be pretty tough. Um, that said, I am surprised um, at how much pressure our health services have felt at something like 800 people in hospital on any given day in Victoria, my home state. Um, not, We're not going to sort this out the next couple of weeks, but it's been refreshing in the last 10 days to hear some sensible and penetrating discussion in the media about why are our health services not coping, what do we need to do to fix the system that appears to be groaning 
um, with you know still 800 people in hospitals a lot, but it's not catastrophic like what might have happened. So are the health services under pressure? Yes. Do we need to look after them? Yes. Do we want to see the health systems designed in a way that's better in the future to be more resilient? Yes. Mm-hmm. And this wave, do you think it will be worse than the wave we had earlier this year? Depends what you mean by worse. If you mean that we're going to go into lockdowns, no, we're just not going there anymore. If you mean it in terms of the total number of hospitalisations and deaths, it looks like it's going to be on a par, possibly even a bit greater than that previously. Remembering that earlier this year, we sort of had a bit of a, 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 t- a twin BA1 and BA2 are sort of two waves coming in quick succession, so it depends how you count things. But yeah, it's going to be as bad, if not even a bit worse than what we saw earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Tony, when you look at those COVID maps that we were talking about before, it seems like every three months or so there's another wave of infection. And then, of course, the associated increase in, in deaths is that cycle, that three-month cycle, ever going to end? Oh, I wish I had a crystal ball for that one. We are going to have these surges. I would hope and I would expect that each surge would be not quite as bad as the one before that, but you can never be 100% sure about that because the next mutation may not only be about immune escape, but might also do something to virus to make it more virulent that is more likely to put you in hospital if you are infected. At this point in time, it seems reasonable to expect that those waves are sort of like the rolling hills as we come off the mountain are just going to keep on going for some time yet. I don't know how long, nobody knows. But it seems reasonable to expect that Omicron, if it stays as Omicron doesn't turn into something else in the Greek alphabet, probably still has a few more surprises to throw at us yet. Professor Tony Blakely is an epidemiologist at the University of Melbourne. If you want to hear where scientists are up to in developing coronavirus vaccines that we could just take once, we covered that on July the 19th. That's in your feed. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield. Additional production by Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.